Eloquence. Welcome back to another episode of the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. We are so happy to have you here with us. Sit back. Relax. And get ready for some more strange ramblings from your host, Tommy Casanova. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the Patreon Marathon. I'm trying to think and reminisce about the first time. You know what I mean? The first time for everything is always kind of, I guess, special, right? Like the first time you ever, you know, we don't need to go down the list, but, you know, a lot of people talk about their first kiss, their first uh, day of school, their first whatever. And... When you do go through your first time and it's something that ends up being something that whether it's good or bad or whatever, in uh, something that has just a real significant impact on your life, you kind of almost forget. I think that's the common theme to the first time something happens. I think the common theme is that you almost, it's almost like a BC and an AD type of thing. You forget what it's like to exist before that type of thing happened. Like your wife, right? Let's just say you're married, your husband. You look back and you remember there was a whole period of time in your life before you even knew who that person was. This person is basically your life right now. You know what I mean? And, and the thought of not being with the person is probably in many cases to you happily married people. Can't say it for everybody, but most for most people, let's keep it positive. Um, is probably um, is probably a situation where you can't even imagine what had happened prior, or or it's like the thought of living without that person, and you almost have that kind of like mentality where like, man, there was actually a time, you know, when this happened. And remember, I remember it clear as day as yesterday, but it's hard to imagine that. So-and-so, I didn't even know that person existed at that time. So, you know, I think cruising is no different. And when I think about my first time ever cruising, I like to think about the, I guess, the conditions under which I did book that cruise. And I did talk about it at length several times about how I just remember, you know, I remember, you know, being told about it and kind of like, you know, I always knew what cruising was. And I always knew that, you know, I knew about the love boat and I knew about what a cruise ship could do and where it could go and this and that. I always thought it was like a super uber expensive thing. I always thought it was like something that really only happened out of Florida. And uh, I really didn't know, I didn't qualify myself as a person who could be cruising until I just started hearing a little bit of, a little bit more chatter about it in, I guess, 2010. And I guess it's crazy because... I've been cruising a decade, and to a lot of you, it's like nothing. I'm like a baby when it comes to cruising. And yeah, it's just all of my cruises are, and let's just say, it's been bookended heavily 2010 to 2020. I mean, yeah, I've cruised like a madman within those decades, but uh, within those years of that decade. But, you know, prior to 2010, I remember so much that went on and so much that was a part of my life that... I didn't even really have cruising on my radar. And the conditions surrounding 
how I went from not being a cruiser to being a cruiser is just kind of like, it's like, a, it just happened so fast. It was kind of weird too. I'm not going to lie to you. It was just, it was a little strange. You know, back then it was a little bit of a different scenario. Uh, it was, it was a different world too. You know what I mean? Like the conditions under which I had my first person I went on a cruise with, I wouldn't even do that today. It wouldn't even happen today. I had a, a, a girl at work that I was pretty good friends with, and we would regularly go out, and uh, you know, nothing romantic happened between us, but you know, we just worked in the, worked at the same bar. She was an employee of mine. It never never got out of line. Went to a couple concerts together. I never even made any attempts in that direction. But I was like, you know. When you when you are single, it is sometimes difficult to be like okay to everybody who you're friends with. You're like, all right, so we're going on this day on this time. Everybody clear your schedule. It doesn't always work like that. And me, you know, as you guys have probably gotten, you know, the vibe from me, I'm sort of like a loner. You know what I mean? I, I like to kind of you know fly by the seat of my own drum, which makes no sense. You know, nobody flies by any drums or any seats within the drum. Do do seats even have drums? No. But I, uh, I, I, I just knew when I saw that cruise ship go by, as I've said dozens of times, I knew that that was something I was needing to try soon. So I went to work, you know what I mean? And that's a little bit of a thing about me. And that's why you're listening to me on a podcast right now is because I say it all the time. I am not much of a spectator. Now, I guess when it comes to sports, you gotta be, you know what I mean? You get in your forties. And, uh, you know, I think the, I don't know, I don't want to be negative or I don't want to be cynical, but I think my window for being a pro athlete is probably closed. And you know what? As I'm sitting here thinking about that right now, I think this is kind of fascinating and I'm having an epiphany. I've sort of drifted away from professional sports as a fan over the last five, six, seven years or so, you know, I've held on. The Yankees have held tight pretty much, but even them this year, forget it. Uh, but it, as as a whole, over the past five years or so, I've drifted away from being a fan of sports, and I am wondering if that's something in my body that is drifting away. My interest is drifting away as I become. I guess, no longer able to do it. Now, yeah, I could play a little bit. I can go out and play basketball. I could throw the football around me. You know, I could go to the batting range and still hit a couple of dingers. But there is no uh, possibility for someone who is, you know, really 45 years old to be in the NFL or the Major League Baseball. Has it happened? Very, very rarely. But it has happened. And as that has become a physical, complete impossibility for me to even be competing at that level. Is there any correlation to why? And you know, if you know that about yourself, and I know that about myself, is that I very rarely get into anything and obsessed with anything without being a participant. If I can't participate in it, if I can't emulate it, if I can't uh, mimic it in any way, I, it usually doesn't make its way into enriching my life. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't, you know, maybe I, maybe it's time for golf. 
Maybe it is. Although, oh, it frustrates me so much. But yeah, I'm just thinking about that right now. Is, am I falling out of love with sports because it's pretty much official? It's beneficial that I'm too old to play them professionally? I got to think there might be something there. I don't know. With the Yankees, too, it came in 96. When this team came on board, this, I mean, this dynasty team uh, led by Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, uh, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, all these guys. Uh, well, Jorge wasn't around in 96, but he eventually became one of the core four. Uh, and, you know, I was still a kid back then. And when I say a kid, I mean early 20s, very early 20s. Dare I say 21. And what what it was is, you know, you still felt like a kid. You still felt like you could play. I actually did play. I played in a couple of adult leagues. I tried to try it out for my college team. I was in the mix. I was playing. You know what I mean? I was, you know, we were playing stickball still. We were going out and playing basketball still. We were very into it. So as that was happening, you were falling in love with that Yankee baseball team, which was truly was a special team, and there hasn't been anything like it since. So... I think that it's only natural for me to ride that wave. And even if I kind of like slowed down, because that was basically a 20-year run. You know what I mean? Derek Jeter's 21, you know, whatever it is. And then it just kind of like fizzles out. And the fact that I had such a strong connection to that team as a young person kind of carried me through a time in my life where I otherwise may have divorced myself from sports. That, ladies and gentlemen was a tangent okay you you got you got hit in the mouth with a nice tangent right there i do apologize for the audio last night i was pissed because me and katie went out now Stu was out for a little while we had a couple of drinks and a burger over Stu has been raving about this burger place the factory and uh it was good man he did not overhype it it was very very good it was coincidentally enough uh it, it was it was in a place that i used to supervise I was never the direct manager there, but I was the supervisor of the general manager, and it was a place called uh, Tavern on 3rd and 27th and 3rd Street in Manhattan, and since it has been bought by, uh, you know, these three Irish guys, I got the chance to meet them last night, Stu, Stu nailed it, you know, Stu's been telling me for the last month or so, more than that maybe, about these three guys that he went in, he befriended them at this bar, they take care of him, it's a headquarters for Barstool Sports, and it's a good time, and he enjoys himself, and he feels comfortable there and at home, and the freaking burger, what they tried to do was emulate the In-N-Out Burger, the place is called The Factory, so they call it The Factory and out Burger, I definitely recommend this place when you go to New York City, nothing too crazy special about it, it's not going to blow you away with the space or anything like that, but... That's what we did last night. And then, um, you know, as I was kind of, me and Katie walked around a lot. Like, I was basically telling her, like, you know, and she was just like, well, you know, we could do a lot of things right now. We can, you know, we can go to, you know, we can go here, we can go there, we can do this, we can do that. And uh, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to walk around a little bit. And then we eventually got made our way to my car. And we just got into this discussion and we started talking and I was like, well, let me fire up this freaking, uh, fire up this voice recorder. It's just weird. It's like, I guess you have to, it doesn't make sense that you'd have to be connected to an internet. It, that doesn't make sense at all. But it was the only thing. And I remember one time I did a recording on the group cruise 
we did a recording of a Patreon episode on the group, and it sounded like shit then as well. There's probably that recording. You know what? That's a lost episode. I could probably release that. If I released the one last night, I could probably release that one too. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if it's still there. Did I get a new phone since then? No. This is that phone. I got this phone for that trip. So we'll see. You imagine. I got to tell everybody, and I'm not trying to do a thing where I rub it in your face. I'm not trying to do a thing where I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you should have came. I'm not doing that. But it's so often, like when me and Nicole talk or me and Chris, Sanjay, everybody, and more in my mind when we think about how, just how freaking lucky we were. Now, again, I do have a quality about myself that I'm happier that I have. Moments are not lost on me. How many times have you had in your life where you're like, oh, that was a great time. I didn't even realize how much of a great time I was having. And you look back and you have the memories. But, you know, for me, I freaking know when it's happening. And I can tell you, you know, I could not tell you out of my whatever 20-something cruises, I could not have tell you which was my favorite one up until this last one. Yes, this group cruise was my favorite cruise, 100% uh, unequivocal. And to have that, we had everything we wanted. You know what I mean? We had so much of what we wanted. We had the peer run, an organic peer run, dare I say, an organic peer run. We had eight nights of just good boozing. I skipped one night, so seven nights. I took one night off great food every single port was cracked up or more than everything and more that it was cracked up to be so many times you plan things and so many times you do things and you try to recapture the you know the heart and the soul of what happened the first time you did it and so often it falls short not this time not this time at all it was an amazing time and you know from Colin and Doug showing up you know out of nowhere from the surprise to Debbie Parker kind of being the you know uh you know the uh, one of the one of the unsung heroes and MVPs to just the immediate crew with Chris and Jonathan and Nicole and then getting to know people like Sandra Sue everybody everybody uh everybody involved you know what I mean I'm not going to start naming names because I'll undoubtedly leave a name out and then we don't want to have that we don't want to have that from getting jumped on by Paul Ewing and him landing on my shoulder in the middle of a of a sea in Katie somewhere. Uh to to everything that happened. To 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 to, to uh, well, you know, there was there was good, there was bad, you know? The 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 masculine sex that we saw across the way on Oasis of the Seas on the gay cruise. Nothing wrong with that obviously, but yes, they were exhibitioning for us, and we did have to, uh, we, we did have to, um, you know, we had to, we had to overcome that obstacle, and look away, (laughs) to all the stuff that just happened, the Elvis out of nowhere, I mean, what a treat that was, you know, and I've never been a big Elvis fan, I've always had respect for Elvis, I was never like, Elvis sucks, but I was never one of those, holy shit, Elvis, but leading up to it, you see that Elvis and I, I, you gotta you gotta recognize game. 
You know what I mean? Leading up to it, I did dive into Elvis a little bit, into his content on, on YouTube and everything. And yeah, some of those, you, you, I got a feel. There was an appreciation. The appreciation of Elvis and what he brought to the table was not lost on me by the time we set sail on that ship. And just in general, so thankful, so happy, and so joyous for lack of better terms, that we got a chance to get that January 18th eight-night Navigator of the Seas. Was it Navigator? No, it was not Navigator. Adventure of the Seas Cruise. We had the perfect guy in the... in, in, in the, You know what I mean? You could, it could be hit or miss in the English pub. You don't know if you're going to get a rocking guitar guy who's going to really throw the party... Or you're going to get something else. You know what I mean? Somebody who mailed it in. When me and Beatrix went, uh, that guy had mailed it in in the English pub. He was not into it at all. And we got a guy, a good guy, uh, when we did the Freedom of the Seas. And we got an even better guy on the adventure. So that cruise is just so close to my heart, you know. And even still, it may have been the most basic ship I'd ever been on. It may have been the most unimpressive kind of pedestrian piece of hardware I've ever been on. Was it a bad ship? Hell no. It was a great ship. But as far as when you compare all the other ships, well, the gem, the Norwegian gem is a ship that's very close to our hearts, but it's not a wow factor ship. You know what I mean? Just the hardware against hardware. What would I prefer? Hardware against hardware Adventure of the Seas versus the Norwegian Gem. That's a good battle. You got to say it's a good battle. And who's going to win that right now? We'll have that tournament right now. Maybe we should start that up. Just ship versus ship. And maybe it should be driven by you guys. Maybe you guys, maybe it's because you're debating between two cruises, two different sailings, dare I say. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're trying to pick between two ships. Hey, Tommy, can you have a battleship? Maybe we call it battleship. And you give me two ships, and I'll do a deep dive. And I'll analyze the winner and why I think one is a better ship than the other. And we'll, we'll, we'll declare winners. So let me know, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com if you'd like me to do a battleship situation for you. Um. So Norwegian, you know, it's the first one today. I'm well, we're not going to dive in because I didn't research it that deep. But Norwegian Gem versus the Adventure of the Seas. I'm going to go with Adventure of the Seas as an overall better ship. The Norwegian Gem I like better because they do have what they do. I don't like what they do with the back of the ship, the great outdoors, sitting and dining. But I do like it better than the Flow Riders. Okay, I do like that. The Norwegian Gem, I like that they have a spinnaker lounge. Okay, no, uh, Royal Caribbean doesn't have anything that's like the spinnaker lounge, which is uh, a borderline nightclub slash showroom that could be multi-purpose. You could also put the comedy in there. Uh, there is nothing like that on um, Adventure of the Seas. What else do I like about the Norwegian gem? I like Bar City, which is what they call the area where they have a bunch of bars in a row. And it's like whether you like martinis, whether you like champagne, whether you like whiskey, they all have all these bars in a row so as to create this situation where everybody's hanging out in the same spot. 
I do like that. But I think between the um, Royal Promenade, between the beautiful size and sheer vastness of the Lido deck, uh, the pool deck, I should say, uh, with the ice skating offer, uh, with the English pub, uh, and just with the overall size and space of the ship, I have to go with Adventure of the Seas over Norwegian Gem. Uh, but yeah, if we do another battleship, I'll dive in much deeper and we'll do a head-to-head comparison. Uh, and let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you'd like me to do a battleship. And uh, maybe I'll bring in some other people to weigh in as well. So it's not just me saying it, you know, in case we would have confused the situation a little bit more. But what I'm talking about as far as going back to landing the plane and what we were originally talking about is what were the circumstances from which I decided to take this first cruise. And I remember being a little nervous, okay? Uh, I w- I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I was nervous for probably the first five or six cruises I've ever went on. And I won't say nervous. Nervous isn't the right word because in my heart, I did not believe anything was going to happen. You know what I mean? I didn't think, you know, it was dangerous. But there is something to behold, something to think about, something to, dare I say, consider when you're in the middle of the ocean and you're on a boat just flapping around. And some of those nights where you want to take off drinking and just be sober and do what some comedians call an unassisted sleep. <laughs> I love that term. Um, you know, you, you do have a level of, all right, this thing is shaking, it's moving. Is it going to stop shaking when it rolls one way? Is that roll going to stop and resume going the other way? Or is it going to keep rolling till I'm upside down? Have you guys ever had that dream? I've had that dream many times where the cruise ship has capsized. And it usually happens when I'm on the ship. I've definitely had that. Yeah, it's weird. I do know it's weird, but I've had that. The cruise ship capsizes uh, multiple. I have that dream a lot. And I also have the dream where the cruise comes into my hometown. The ship uh, navigates through the waters of my the canals of my hometown. And, and, and you can get it there. I've had that dream as well. Yeah. What do you want me to tell you? A little weird. But so I did book it. And the first cruise ever. And I made no whatsoever investigations. I made no, I guess, um, I looked for the right date, leaving from the right port at a price that looked like it made sense. I didn't know the difference between cruise ships at all, whatsoever. I didn't know that Aruba was different from San Juan. I didn't know anything. I know geographically it was. I'm not a moron. But I didn't know there'd be different different experiences at different ports. So I just went with it. So I booked and I, you know what? I'll tell you what, by default, picked a great one. The cruise I remember was about, I think it was like $5.99. Ended up being about $800 a person with tax and port charges. So it was going to be $1,650 or something like that. About $1,600 for the cruise. And then... uh. It was leaving out of New York City, which was great because I was working at Johnny Utah's at the time, and that was walkable. Like, you could walk there if you wanted to. No problem. Took a cab because we had luggage, but, you know, it was walkable. And I had gotten all my advice from people like Stu, from people like Beatrix, who had been on cruises. 
And Stu was telling me, you know, yo, you got to just eat all this. You got to do that. You got to do this. Beatrix was like, oh, the water is going to be so impressive. It's going to like be like nothing you've ever experienced. And, you know, I was looking through a lot of stuff. I was looking at the singles cruise. Coincidentally, there was a singles cruise that I was looking at. And this never happens. And I didn't realize how much of a coincidence it was at the time. But I was looking at singlescruises.com because I was thinking maybe I'm going on this thing solo because I'm just going. I'm just going on a freaking beautiful vacation. That's it. And I didn't necessarily care as much who was going with me. So I looked up singles cruises and I saw one. It looked expensive. And then when I went to look up cruises, regular cruises, non-singles cruises, non-singlescruises.com cruises, I went on Carnival's website and the cruise that was available and the cruise that I ultimately went on was that same cruise that was billed as a singles cruise. And again, that was a misconception too. I thought a singles cruise was a full charter which was just the entire, and I'm sure they do exist, an entire cruise ship full of singles people. You know, they call them now, they call them swingers cruises. I'm kind of kidding, not really. Theme cruises though. But this was just a singles cruise where everybody who could, you know, everybody who wanted to sign up could sign up, but they would just be a portion. They would be a group within that other cruise. And we saw them. We saw the singles cruise. We interacted a little bit, but you know, we we weren't privy to a lot of the events and things like that because in order to do that, you would have to pay a surcharge. You couldn't just enter into a, a, a stateroom through Carnival and assume you could just jump into this singles cruise and all their activities. Same thing with this past Elvis cruise. You know what I mean? Thankfully, the Elvis thing was so popular that they were cool enough to do a couple of full ship events where we could have access and that was perfect because i wouldn't want to be on the whole elvis cruise the whole damn week a lot of shut-ins a lot of recluses but that's fine too but it was the perfect amount we got to see two shows two really good shows one on the pool deck one inside studio b which was a lot more controlled temperature very i was hammered i stumbled to that thing by myself i was like anyway i gotta see some more elvis Went by myself. I think Mallory and Suja were there too. Dana, I think they were there. I think they saw me stumble onto the floor seats. It was a beautiful, beautiful event, the whole thing. So leading up to this cruise, I decide that I'm going to book two people on the non-singles cruise, the regular ship, the Carnival Miracle in September of 2010 for an eight-day cruise going to San Juan, St. Thomas, and Grand Turk. Booked it. Done. End of story. Two people. Who are you going with, Tommy? No idea. <laughs> but I knew, you know, sometimes I hung out with this girl, Michelle. And, uh, you know, we had a good friendship. And, you know, we always had a good time drinking together and hanging out and concerts or whatever so i figured she would be a good a good person to bring so we did that she reluctantly said yes because of the fact that she had never been on a cruise and i'll tell you i'll tell you this and i gotta say something shout out to the ship show okay quick tangent coming i heard them tonight and uh they 
Uh, well, York, I guess York doesn't always know my name. Uh, he calls me Tony a lot, and that's fine. I don't get insulted by things like that. It is funny, though. You know what I mean? I mean, just go with Tony. I'll go with Tony. You can call me Tony if you want. But I was watching uh, them tonight, and uh, John is always very uh, generous. I, I always feel bad because I don't necessarily, every time I try to interact with their live, their ship show, I don't look for, you know, the level of shout outs and accolades he gives me, but it always turns into that. So I am very, very appreciative of that, but understand that, you know, if you are listening, John, I, it's not necessary. Just, you know, when I'm in the ship show, I'm just part of the coop. I'm just hanging out and trying to be in the mix a little bit, you know? I, you know, I don't necessarily need, but I also don't want to seem unappreciative, so I don't say, well, stop doing it, whatever. But I just, you know, either way, it's it's just not, just know it's not necessary, and it is very, very much appreciated, is all I'll say. But uh, they, is why, see, they're going on a group cruise. I believe it's with the Sharon at Sea people, and um, they're leaving out of New York in, I think, October or November. I think it's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine. But uh, sometimes you can get a a crazy ride. So this first time that we got on this ship, I did not know what to expect. All I do know is the first night we sailed away. Email coming in. I don't know who that is, but it came in. The first night we sailed away. About four hours into the cruise, it got dark out. We went to a comedy show. Michelle was doubled over in the Mad Hatter ballroom watching this comedian, and she was going through it. And this is night one. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Now, it was rocking. I didn't necessarily mind it. I guess I just don't mind that type of thing as much, as long as it doesn't feel threatening like it did on the Norwegian Gym in 2015, where, you know, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was a little concerning. That was the one and only time I had ever really been concerned about the motion on a cruise ship. Side rolls, like, over the top. No good. But this was, like, up and down. It felt like fun. It felt like a ride. But, you know, not, not everybody's made for that. Not everybody's built. And Michelle was doubled over in just, I mean, seasick misery. But... Once we got a little more south, it cleared up. You know what I mean? It wasn't as bad. But that one night, but I was like nervous because I was thinking, all right, this is going to be a long cruise. I dragged this girl on this cruise, and she's going to be <laughs> just doubled over, seasick for eight days. But that's not what happened. You know what I mean? Whether it was a combination of we both got used to it, she got used to it, slash it calmed down, we were fine. But early spring, late fall, mid-fall, the North Atlantic is nothing to play with sometimes. Now, you could be fine. You know what I mean? Um, you can sail away, and it could be as smooth as glass. But there's a risk out there. There's a risk of dealing with, and the problem is, too, is that it's if there's any sort of chill that's in the air, it sucks because of the fact that people are all inside. And I don't mind being inside at all. Being inside is fine with me. But being inside and everybody's inside because nobody can go outside, 
that's a different story. Everything takes a little while to get longer. Everything's backed up. Elevators are slower. Everything is that way. And when you're leaving out of New York, just understand your first couple of days can not be the best experience. We did another one in 2000 and I believe 11 or 12. One of the one of the other best cruises on the Norwegian Gem. We did a nine dayer, and yeah, we lost two and a half days. First two and a half days sucked, but hey, you got a nine day cruise, so you're okay. But it was just so many rookie mistakes made on that first cruise, starting with just not planning a freaking thing, and then um, just I guess what what could I say like. I didn't, like the ports, like for instance, go rolling into San Juan. All I knew is I was going to go to the gym. You know what I mean? The, going to the gym was part of my day. I'm on the Carnival Miracle. The way the gym is set up in the Miracle is that it's all the way forward like a lot of them are, but it's multi-leveled. Like it's got weights uh, probably covering two or three decks, and it's a very weird configuration. But we're looking out the window, and I'm just doing a regular workout. And you know whatever, and I had no idea that a San Juan sail in was such a thing. So I'm literally just working out, and I'm looking out the front window. I'm like, oh shit, that's land. Look at that. That looks kind of cool. Wait a minute, holy shit! I should probably be somewhere with a drink in my hand for this. And it dawned on me. I knew that, and I knew right away. We went into San Juan. You got to be out there. You got to be celebrating a San Juan sail in, which is not what I was doing at all. Just the opposite. And before we even got in, I walked because I got I got excited. So I left the gym and went in the shower. Next thing I know, I look up. We're docked in San Juan. And we went to the freaking Bacardi factory, which, again, to me, at that time was a money grab. I heard it got better. I've been hearing good things about that Bacardi house tour. But when we were there, it was definitely a money grab. Nothing. And then that's it. We got back on the ship, walked around a little bit, didn't really understand what we were seeing or doing or whatever. And then um, the next day was St. Thomas. And I made the mistake of booking a snorkeling excursion in St. Thomas. It was the most boring snorkeling I'd ever done. And I'm not Joe Snorkel over here. We went out and we looked at a couple of turtles. That was it. We jumped in the water and... All it was was, you know, you saw a couple of turtles, a couple of stingrays, and we got back on the ship. We did do Paradise Point, and that was cool, beautiful view. And then we walked around a little bit, and we said, all right, I guess we get back on the ship now. You know what I mean? And then Grand Turk. Grand Turk was Grand Turk. I had bought us two excursions, horseback riding. I canceled it. I was like, I'm not not horseback riding. I, I just changed my mind. I wanted to do my own thing. So I went to Margaritaville, eight, and then I rented a scooter, a motorbike. And this was the first motorbike accident that I've ever had. But it wasn't really a bad accident. I just didn't know. They didn't teach you anything. They just held your license and told you to go. I mean, where are you going to go? You're in Grand Turk. You could do a lap around a place in like nine and a half minutes. So I got the motorbike and just crashed into a bush. No harm, no foul. I, that was like my first experience with it. And I just kept going. Um, but that was the thing. The thing was, is that while I did not have the best time on my first cruise or my second cruise, 
My first two cruises, I would say, were a C at best. But nevertheless, I knew the potential. I knew that this was something that if I just made a couple of adjustments, I was absolutely going to love. And it was going to be something that I'm definitely going to do probably for the rest of my life. And then here we are, not able to cruise. And it sucks. But I don't know. We'll see. I know Royal Caribbean is going to start up in uh, Singapore soon. So there will actually be a Royal Caribbean. I don't like when the, well, no offense, you know, I'm not trying to start trouble. But I don't like when the influencers out there start calling it Carnival Cruise Ship. You know what I mean? Carnival's, Carnival Cruise sailing in, out of uh, Europe. We're going to, listen, Carnival Corporation is not Carnival Cruise Line. You know what I mean? You don't need to try to chase after, uh, you know, the likes and stuff just because you want to use the word carnival. Call it what it is. It's a freaking Costa cruise ship. It's a P&O cruise ship. If you want to put in the in the article somewhere that they are owned by Carnival, do it. But, you know, when we're out there trying to talk about these ships in general, we're not calling them Carnival cruise ships. We're calling them P&O. Like, you know, it's a little throws you off a little bit. Makes me think that I missed something. <laughs> Carnival Cruises is sailing out of Europe. Did I miss something? Oh, Car- a P&O because Carnival Corporation. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, a lot of stuff, hopefully. I heard about these protests that are going on at the ports where a lot of the port workers are begging the CDC not to extend the cruise halt. We'll see if that has any applies any pressure. And then we got an election. We got a, a debate tomorrow. Interesting to see what that's going to be like. Listen, if it was just like the last debate, of course I watched it. And of course I'm going to watch tomorrow's. But I can't really. I mean, really? That was that was a disaster. That was just an example of just the sadness that you have. That you realize that these are the two candidates. This is what This is what we have. You know? I got political, didn't I? But I didn't pick a side. I just said, it's kind of like a little bit of a disaster to watch these two men who have a combined, you know, whether it's business or politics, a combined, you know, 110 years, 120 years between them, 110 years, whatever it is. And the bickering, it's just like, God, we got to be better. We got to be better than that, right? All right, a little bit of an introspective, a little uh, a little uh, reminiscent on this episode Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow. Boat drink, super cold. Made it through last week just for Friday. My roommate got too drunk for the game. My ex kept blowing up my phone and wouldn't leave me alone. Can't wait to tell my friends down at Jimmy's. Laughing at the memories, getting busted with that Could win wrong Gonna have to find some way To just get through this day A patio is right where I belong Laughing at the memory
Tuesday night 